Hello and welcome back to Childhood Remastered, the show where we go back and look at the cartoons of yesteryear and today and see if they're worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is all too often the case. Uh, today we are going to go into part two of Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck was, uh, in case you missed episode, uh, the first episode in this, Darkwing Duck was a uh, show on the very popular Disney Afternoon cartoon block. It debuted in 1991. It starred the uh, amazing Jim Cummings, uh, voice actor, who played Darkwing Duck and played a million other people. He's, he yeah. was Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. He was... Uh, Don Carnage he was from he, Tailspin. Yeah, he, Don Carnage! And he was also King Louis from Tailspin. In fact... <laughs> Uh, that's, the King Louie thing is really funny. So, so funny story. Um, one of the things back in the Jungle Book, the one from the '60s, the original one, uh, the cartoon. So, uh, a lot of people think that King Louie is a black caricature. Well, there's a I don't not to get too far into that discussion, but there's a, a lot of good argument that because of Disney's own inherent his racist issues that he had at the time that that the Jungle Book was like an allegory the way that he decided to tell the show that uh, the monkeys represented uh, the way that he felt about uh, the black people which is uh, messed up but that's that's a whole other discussion for another show yeah um, so not not dwelling too much on that what the what the animators and you can there's you can watch a uh, there's a special on this actually if you look up Louis Prima uh, yeah, yeah. and the Jungle Book um, what the animators did was Louis Prima was a band leader in the uh, in the 40s and 50s he was a big band leader he played he played the trumpet and um, you know it was it was uh, like the classic big bands of of the era so he would the the, the animators essentially designed King Louis and all the other monkeys. Around, around Louis Prima and his and band. And his big band. Yeah. And, and how they conducted themselves and what they did. One of the things that they would do in their shows is that they would, they would leave the stage and they would dance around the audience almost in a conga line, all playing their instruments. You know, right. They would just, they would dance around and Louis would be leading them. So, um, you can see that if you've ever seen the original Jungle Book cartoon. Yeah, they, they do that. With they, do that. And, yeah. they, they dance around. The monkeys all dance around, led by King Louie, and they're playing, you know, fake instruments and whatever. And that's, that's what Louis Prima would do. So, um, I was reading today that Jim Cummings actually did such a good, he is such a good voice actor and he is so good at, at impersonations that his, rendition of King Louie for the Tailspin cartoon, which was in the early 90s as yeah, well. Yeah, around the same time as Darkwing Duck. So his rendition of King Louie, his, his, uh, the, the voice acting he did for that was so incredibly similar to Louis Prima that the estate of Louis Prima sued him. To get him to stop doing his voice. Yeah. As accurately as he was. So, as if, as if you could somehow copyright your voice. So, so what ended up happening is in all subsequent Disney shows, Disney things where where those characters were referenced, you never saw King Louie. They never used him again after Tailspin. I guess in the the Jungle Book 2, it's King Larry instead of King Louie. It's it's a different it's a different character. Huh. So Disney just, you know, they were like they washed their hands of it, they scrapped it. But that goes to show how how good of a a voice actor Jim Cummings is. He um 
he played, uh, he, like I said, he played Winnie the Pooh and Tigger also. He played yeah. Zummy Gummy, the old man wizard from Gummy Bears. He played, I mean, you look him up, he's been in, he's been in everything from like 1986 onward. Oh yeah, I mean, he's done a ton of stuff. He's not that old. He was born in 52, I want to say. 52 or 51. So he's not that old. No, no, he's not. But he, he did a great job with the, with the voice acting. Uh, you know, the, and with Darkwing Duck also, the, um, the creator Tad Jones, um, he was an animator and a and a screenwriter, and he worked for Disney between 1974 and 2003. And so he was the one who wrote and produced Darkwing Duck, and he also produced Chip and Dale, the the Gummy Bears, Aladdin, um, a later show Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, and he is now the storyboard artist for Bob's Burgers. Well, that's awesome. Yes, I mean it's totally awesome. Uh, I was reading that and I thought, no, really? Oh, that's that's way cool. Yeah, so so a little bit of um, pop trivia there on that. So. You know, one of the things that I wanted to uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about about really quick about uh, Jim Cummings too is when I was reading uh, when I was doing some research and reading about him, he actually said that his the two favorite characters that he's ever done in, the, in his entirety of his voice acting, his two favorite characters to do were Darkwing Duck and Don Carnage because he said that those two characters were the most like him. I don't know if he was talking about just sound-wise because I've heard him talk. He sort of sounds like them. That's the, He's not doing a whole lot to his voice. Yeah, but the, I know that they left a lot of it open for interpretation. They let him do some ad-lib. So he was allowed to kind of free play when he did yeah. his characters. So like some of these uh, ad-lib, they, they sound like they've been written, but some of them turn out to be ad-lib. Some of these things that Darkwing Duck says and Darn Carnage too – so they tend to be things that he came up with off the cuff that allowed him to have some freedom, which for voice actors is, is not very common. It's mostly extremely scripted because they have to match things like audio and dialogue yeah, what they with, nor- with visual. What they, what they normally do in, in voice acting is they record all the audio first. They record the voices first. Right, and then and try then, and match up before. And then, yeah, the animators are tasked with... But they do have generalized storyboarding of like this and then this and then this. You know, but they and they they tend to be uh, pretty regimented in what they want, what the animators and creators want, as far as voice acting. He he got yeah. a lot of freedom. Some some of the other voice actors that get a lot of freedom, uh, Mark Hamill, of course, the the penultimate Joker of all time, uh, who has several awards actually for being Joker. He has a ton of freedom as Joker, although he doesn't really do that character anymore. He's I think he still does. He did it for the Killing Joke. Which is coming out uh, true, soon. True, true. But he had stopped doing it for a while. He did like the I first... I think Joe DiMaggio did it. John DiMaggio, not Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, like, <laughs> the Joe... dead baseball player. <laughs> Joe <He's>... DiMaggio. <laughs> no, uh, yes, John DiMaggio. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they had some other people do it, but... Um, but we digress. Yeah, we're going a uh, whole... You know, Sean and I, we, we sit and we talk about this stuff all the time. We could do this with no microphone and we'd be perfectly happy drinking and hanging out on a Friday or Saturday. Which uh, which we've done before. Which we've done before, just doing this without. So this is essentially our outlet to just record our crazy yeah. ratings. Um, so episode three of Darkwing Duck. Uh, Beauty and the Beat. Beauty and the Beat. So this story, this episode is the first... Well, I guess there was a there was a villain in the first two episodes. It was yeah. it was Taurus Bulba, but and this he, is the first episode that has one of his super powered super villains. Right. Well, Taurus Bulba does get reused later. Yeah. Later on, I, you know, I checked a little bit. He does get reused, but this 
The character who's in this that we'll discuss in a few minutes does get reused, even within the episodes we're going to review. Yeah. So, I mean, right off the bat, he's a reoccurring character. So. And uh, it starts right off with, of course, Darkwing Duck doing self-narration um, after the super awesome intro. And and he apparently, you know, he, he decides he's going to tell us a story. Yeah, that's. He breaks the fourth wall. That's what's weird about this episode. Yeah, so he breaks the fourth wall. And he turns essential to the audience and he says that I'm going to tell you a story. And then he goes over to a painting behind the paintings of safe, you know, like typical cartoon stuff. And uh, he keeps all of the stories for the city in a safe in his house. What's and he a- keeps the combo for the safe written on the bottom of his foot. Yeah. Uh, What's weird about this is that this is the third episode. And I, and I, and I remember reading that there are some like weird continuity things where – um, they recorded episodes in a certain order, but they didn't get broadcast in a certain order. But yeah, they're like done out of order. Yeah, yeah. But we're watching it, and I'm pretty sure that this is the third episode. I, I think it was the intended third episode. Yeah. Because it introduces a main villain. It does introduce a main villain. So, that's the weird thing is that they go from the first two episodes where Darkwing is sort of already established, but nobody knows who he is. And then they move to the third episode, which just by the looks of it, skips ahead. Like chronologically, yeah. because he's already established, he's got this whole laundry list of case files, and he's telling us about one. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like this episode has actually happened. Say, it's it's like this episode has happened in the future, and he's retelling something that had happened when he first encountered this character. It's like the story that he's telling happened as the third episode, but his narration is further in the season, which is is. It gets a little crazy there, but yeah. uh, it starts right off with this kind of film noir style, which is very kind of classic uh, 1990s Batman, uh, but also totally fits right in with the source material for Darkwing Duck with the Shadow um, in the, the 1930s. And it starts right off with these scientists at a university, um, one of which is called Dr. Bushroot, and he likes to research plants. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's these other scientists. Who did you, did are, you catch their names, by the way, the other two scientists? Um, I, I, I think I, I wrote it down somewhere, but I don't remember what it was. So the two, and, and tell me if you know, tell me if you know this name. The two of the doc, the two doctors are called Dr. Gary and Dr. Larson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Gary, and they did it on purpose. Gary Larson. They did. Gary Larson is the, uh, is the uh, creator of the far side. Yeah, they, they, there's a lot of stuff like that in this, where there's, like, just... Um, stuff that a kid wouldn't get. No kids reading The Far Side. Well, I was one of those weird kids reading The Far Side, but... Well, I mean, they did have cows. But but I wouldn't have placed Dr. Gary and Dr. Larson with Gary Larson in The Far Side. Yeah. That was... That's kind of a stretch, so... yeah. And then there's this, um, Dr. Dendrite. No, 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 sorry, uh, hold on, sorry. So it's, do- you know, Dr. Bushroot and he's all about plants. Her name is Dr. Rhoda Dendron. Which is the yeah, name of a plant. Yeah. It's, it's a name of a, of a bush or something, yeah. I think. Yeah, she's a rhododendron. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. So she's actually named after a plant, but she's like not into plants. Yeah. But she seems to be nice to Dr. Bushroot. She's the only one who's nice to him. Yeah, the only one. And this Dean comes in and decides he's going to cut the budget. Because... What's his, is his name Dean Tightwad? It's like something like <laughs> it's something, something stupid. Is, yeah, I hope it is and Dean the, Taiwan because that would be perfect. And the other two, uh, the other two guys are like, "Oh, hello, Dean Taiwan." Yeah, so they, they're these kind of big oafy. Uh, yeah, big. They're they're like they're, they're like big oafy uh, scientists. They're nerd jocks. Yeah, that, that's exactly. What I I wrote down nerd jocks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Think alike, and so they act like these dumb oaf nerd jocks, and they tease Bushroot. 
and the dean essentially cuts off his research because it's not making any money. Yeah. And they make a cutting joke because they're cutting plants or something. And so they immediately uh, they immediately cut to Darkwing, who starts reading Launchpad's uh, quote laundry. Well, list. he gets, he somehow uh, his yeah. his cape is caught in the in the file cabinet. He tries to pull it, and when he pulls it, all the papers get scattered because he so falls. The paper he's reading is a laundry list. Like, and he goes, he's like, he's like, the next night there was one pair of shorts, three t-shirts, two pairs of socks, and then he's like, what the hell? Yeah, but I'm... What is a laundry list? As, as an adult who, you know, uh, is familiar with the concept of laundry, what in the literal fuck is a laundry list? They, I, I, I mean, never I, write down my laundry. I've heard, I've heard the saying, a laundry list of such and such, but I have never actually seen nor used an actual list for laundry. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure what is the purpose of a laundry list. I imagine the only thing that it could be used for is if you have to go to a laundromat, you write down all of your shit on a piece of paper. So you know that it's... And you pull it out, you cross it off as you put it in the basket. That's the only thing I could think Someone of. Someone stole my underwear. Uh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, again. So the laundry list thing immediately again uh, cuts right back to Bushroot. Uh, who's experimenting on himself and a flower, all of Frankenstein, with the table and lightning? Up yeah, in the sky and it is, a, and it is a classic. It is a classic, both superhero and supervillain origin story, where they're they're experimenting on something. Either their their funding is cut, or something happens they're where they're teased and made fun of. They're the, downtrodden in some way, and so they have to finish their. They have to prove themselves and finish their research, and show that it's not all worthless. And they experiment on themselves. Right. So he, he does this experiment with him and a flower. He does like a blood transfusion with the flower. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. I, it's like his blood and chlorophyll or something. And they, yeah, that's what he's... That the, his whole experiment is that he's trying to transfer chlorophyll into animals so that they yeah, can get their their energy yeah, from the sun. Yeah, he wants people to be able to absorb... To, to, to photosynthesize. To photosynthesize. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it goes up on this big conveyor belt and goes up in the sky and the experiment works. And the doc starts to turn green, and then uh, the top of his head starts to turn to a flower, and yeah. he's got these like roots coming out of his and head. By the time he runs um, back, and he's doing it at his own, he has a private lab, I guess, in a greenhouse. By the time he runs back to his his science lab with the other people, yeah, he's with, completely changed. And they make fun of him, and, they <laughs> make a, and his first name is Reggie, and they make a Reggie's a veggie joke, Yeah, I thought was kind of interesting. And I thought, uh, yeah, these guys are scientists, and this guy's literally just transformed himself into a plant, and all they can think is, Reggie's a veggie, yeah. Reggie's <laughs> a veggie. It's not like, wow, this is really interesting on a scientific level, or holy shit, this, my colleague just got transformed into a fucking vegetable, let and, me help him. And no, it's <laughs> Reggie's a veggie. And what's funny... <laughs> What's funny is that the other two scientists, what they're doing is their their experiment is to make food bigger. Yeah, not even more nutritious or better. Just no, and they literally say it's quantity larger. over quality. Yeah, they even joke about the fact that it's not nutritious. Yeah, uh, which so, I guess is kind of like a microcosm for the whole like uh, no fat, super unhealthy. Uh, a uh, pre-box food of the 1990s. Yeah. Um, so Reg or so Bushroot runs off. He's he's embarrassed. He's sad. He runs off, and he discovers. Well, he calls himself a walking salad bar. And yeah. Immediately, and then is immediately followed by a dog trying to pee on him with this whole like dog trying to pee on a plant gag. Yeah. And then uh, the tree that's next to him essentially takes revenge on the dog. And the doc realizes that he can talk to and control plants. He says he calls um, himself the Doctor Doolittle of of, uh, of the fo- plant world. Of the plant world, yeah. In uh, this character, the way he's animated, he is a like direct male 
slash duck homage to Poison Ivy from from DC Comics. Yeah, we were talking um, about this before. The- I mean the pl- the the pl- the green and and the purple. Uh, poison Ivy's red hair, but uh, you and, know, and he, you you find out that all, like he what he cares about the most in the world is plants. Is plants? That's all he cares so about. He's totally poison ivy. Yeah, he's also you find out later he's also a little bit like swamp thing because he can control the plants too. He can get them to do what he wants. Yeah, like just with his mental thought. So, yeah, he yeah, tells them to do like something. Plant telepathy. And what's funny um, is when the plants are around him, they come to life. Yeah, so they're worthless otherwise, and as soon as they come near him, the plants immediately become uh, anthropomorphic. Uh, plant creatures. Yeah. And, uh, so this character though, so this character is, well, I mean, there's only been two episodes before this, but this character in terms of a, in terms of a Disney cartoon and, and, uh, just a cartoon in general, this character is fucking devious because the first thing he does when he realizes what his powers are is, is he, he turns the jock, the, he, the nerd jocks into hedges. He starts, well, he starts plotting murder and then yeah, he fucking kills them. It's a murder in a Disney movie, in a Disney cartoon. He, he straight up murders their ass. Yeah, and so in this episode, Darkwing Duck finally starts to get his day because the police call him to help and consult. Yeah. And he is stoked as fuck. And so they barricade into the dean's office because, of course, Darkwing assumes that the dean is going to be the next target. And this giant tree uh, busts in like the fucking Kool-Aid man. And uh, Darkwing Duck saves the day. Yeah. Um, saves him from the tree and Bushroot. Yeah, Bush, um, Bushroot, Bushroot has been a, uh, a plant duck for all of like a day. And before that, you show no signs that he was a evil or really aggressive type of person. But... Once he becomes a plant, and I don't know, maybe it's because plants are evil. He goes completely from normal to, to super, I'm super evil. He goes, su- but but that's the thing is like you find out like, he's not that evil. It's just in this episode, he's probably out of the end of the main villains of the show. He's the least evil because all he really cares about is plants. Yeah. Well, and then the the, the next episode that he's in, he's like not evil at all. He's yeah. Just, he's just like a bumbling idiot. Yeah. But so, um, but in this in this episode, he is super comfortable with trying to murder people. Yeah. Like, because oh, that's, that's what he's cool, that's what he's it, trying to do. Him. That's what yeah. he's trying to do. To the dean, he's trying to straight up fucking murder him like he did to the to the science jocks. No, yeah, he, so he's totally trying to murder him, and uh, we get another "I am the terror that flaps in the night" different, again, different every single time. Yeah, and, uh, and I am the fly that sits in your ointment or something like yeah, that. Yeah, some weird. I am the DDT that destroys your plants. You know, I am whatever. Uh, I am the weed, but not that kind. Yeah, <laughs> and so so Darkwing gets wrapped in vines, and then he apparently wears buzzsaw cufflinks. Yeah, that was uh, like I was large buzzsaw cufflinks, and the only thing I can think of is like there have been stories of people who put who put circular saw blades on on hand grinders, and then the the blade actually comes off and kills them, like in in uh, accidents at home, like because people are dumb and they misuse power tools. Does it start with "Hey, mob, check this out"? Uh, it might as well <laughs> hold be. my hold my beer. Surprisingly, it is not in Florida. I think one of these stories came out of the UK, but so but there's a story with a buzzsaw, the thing with the buzzsaw complex, and that's all I could think of. And and all I, while I'm thinking that, I'm thinking. What is keeping those bustles on his cufflinks? How is he not cutting his hands? Because his wrists are going to move left and right as well as up and down, right? Uh, and even if they move up and down, what well, they move up and then he gets caught. And I'm, I'm having, again, I'm analyzing the shit out of Darkwing Duck and his buzzsaw cufflinks. <laughs> and, and I can't stop because it's one of those weird kids show things. Well, he's For those sort of... parents out there who analyze the shit out of the kids shows, this is going to be one of those moments. I know, I know that feel is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I know them feels. I know them feels. So this was, in this episode too, we find out that Darkwing has, um, has, uh, link level storage 
Like he he can pull anything out of anywhere. He he does that thing where he pulls something out from behind his back. Yeah, yeah, he's like a Link from Legend of Zelda with his tiny pouch, and he pulls all the weapons out. Yeah, and yeah. and he has like and with the with the buzzsaw cufflinks, he's got he's got Batman level preparedness always. And I'm talking about Batman from the '60s show, where he's like, "Oh, good thing I wore my bat long underwear today, just because we were fighting Mister Freeze." You know, it's like that I'm type glad, of shit. I'm glad that we luckily wore fire retardant gear and had scuba masks just in case. Or the classic, "Good thing I brought my bat shark repellent." Oh yeah, jumping the shark, uh, yeah. Oliphons. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they go back in to try and save the Dean and Bushroot Six Spike on them, which is a giant walking, essentially Venus flytrap, right? Well, didn't they? Didn't they go back to? T- didn't Darkwing go to um, talk to the female Doc after that? Um, he chases Bushroot and then loses him, and Darkwing goes back to the female Doc. And it's like trying to, uh, oh, that's to right. learn or whatever about Bushroot, and, and she-, she uses this. He wouldn't hurt a fly. Uh, oh, there was that one time, but, uh, you know. We needed the wings for yeah. science or something. And then yeah, he's we, listening, he's listening on like a flower, like a, like a, like a tin can, you know, telephone, but it's a flower. Yeah, and then she claims that she can, quote, get him to turn over a new leaf. Yeah, uh, waka waka. Wah, 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 wah. There's a, this show is full of like these kind of puns, like dad jokes, but they're effective, especially for the kid audience. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. My my kid. So I I had her watch some of these with me. She wasn't super into Darkwing Duck. Uh, she loves the intro music though. So now I have to play it all the time. Who, I, uh, I, of course, I don't blame her because I dance to the Darkwing music too. Yeah, who um, wouldn't? But but I did have her watch this episode, and she she liked the pl- she she called him Plant Man. So uh, she thought he was okay. But so they go back as, as far as the show goes, like. Some of these characters are more interesting than others, uh, and these these dad jokes she thought were hilarious. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I guess um, if you're writing a show geared towards kids and the kids think that it's hilarious, then then you're doing your job. Yeah, uh, I thought I they felt a little flat for me, but I mean, I'm they're also not 33. They're so. not writing the show for you. Uh, well, they should be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they go back to Bushroot's greenhouse where he. That's what they do. Is she's like, I can get to him, and then and then they go, yeah. But but he thinks, in love with the yeah, female duck. he thinks, and and let's let's be honest, she's a hot duck. Um, gross. <laughs> yeah. Now now who's judging who, Sean? Uh. <laughs> You're judging me. So you like you like the ducks, but not the cows, huh? So uh, yeah, yeah. So he's in love with the female duck, and, and he thinks that she likes him too because she calls him Reggie, I think. And he was like, "Oh my god, no, Reginald." Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she calls him by his first name, and she's like, "He goes, oh my god, she's never called me by my first name. It's always Doctor Bushroot. She must really like me. She really likes me." And then that's when he decides to kidnap her and turn her into a plant lady. Right. And what I thought was funny is Darkwing decides that he's going to disguise himself in poison ivy. <laughs> that's actually very apropos. Yeah, so he disguised himself. I mean, he's prepared for everything, Batman level preparedness, but not prepared for the fact that he doesn't know what the fuck poison ivy is. Looks like, uh, feels like, smells like, tastes must, like. Must be, yeah. Yeah, so. And Bushroot kidnaps the doc and uh, sends a giant plant dog named Spike after Dark. Yeah, it's, it's essentially a giant Venus flytrap. And they're all afraid, but all I can think of is that, you know, granted, it's a giant Venus flytrap, but it's a giant Venus flytrap. Like, like it's that's a, it's that's a, terrifying. Yeah, but it's a plant. Well, that's true. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a plant. And a Venus, Venus flytrap. It's not like. I mean, it's not if like if you've it, ever stuck your finger in a Venus flytrap, it does nothing. Yeah, like, and and not, this thing isn't yeah. like a this thing isn't like a um it's not like a regular Venus flytrap that's you know, like half moon shape, bushy hair like on his head. Yeah, and, and it and it's got a big chompy mouth like it's a fucking dinosaur or something. So, yeah. 
And and so they they decide. Um, Busher decides to turn her into a plant and says that she can be uh, the cover model for Lawn and Garden. Yeah, Lawn and <laughs> you'll be the cover model for Lawn and Garden magazine. <laughs> so essentially, you want to kidnap her to turn her into like your own porno fetish. Well, wouldn't you? Uh, no, that's weird. <laughs> well, so the first like Bushroot, Bushroot, uh, he ends up he he turns himself into the whatever monster by doing a Frankenstein thing. And then he turn, tries to turn her into Frankenstein's bride, essentially by doing the same thing over again. Right. And they do this like long drawn out fight filled with gardening jokes and like lawnmowers. And, uh, that, that was kind of, uh, no. Okay. So I wrote down one quote <laughs> from Darkwing. It's when, I think it's when he jumps on the uh, lawnmower, the right, it's a riding mower. And he's yeah. trying to, he's trying to mow down Bushroot. Which, you know, he's trying to just straight up murder this guy. He, you know, he, it seems he's like, like he, you know, we, we were about to reason, but fucking, I'm going to run you over. I'm going to, I'm going to mow your ass yeah. down. So I'm pretty sure that's when it happens, but he says, and I quote, time to toss a little salad. <laughs> yeah. I laughed way too hard. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my God. So <laughs> all I can think of is, I'm going to toss your salad, bitch. Yeah. So, so, uh, they end up, they, they go back and forth and have this silly little fight scene. And then Bushroot ends up getting mowed over. Yeah. He gets, he gets, murdered. and he, when he gets, when he gets mowed over right before the mower goes over him, I'm pretty sure he says suffer and succotash. Does he really? Something like that. I wrote down suffer and succotash, but uh, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, when I watched, when I watched this particular episode, it was kind of late at night. So I, I don't remember. Late at night and after a few beers, usually, yeah. So Darkwing and Launch, Darkwing and Launchpad save uh, Professor Dendron, Rhoda, and she uh, thanks them, and they pretty much assume that Bushroot's dead, and they go about their business, and then the episode ends with like a head of lettuce. Yeah, it's like ground. it's like a cabbage, yeah. and then with a duck bill, and it's. It's uh, Bushroot, and he's like... It's his voice, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, oh, how about some water? Oh, a little bit of fertilizer. Yeah, that would be good. Oh, boy. And all I could think about is, like, it's like fucking Groot. He he got killed. Yeah. And he's and he growing back. Was, and that, that happens. he can't die. Yeah, and that's, yeah. What, that's what happens in future episodes, is something happens to him, he gets defeated or whatever, and then he ends up shrinking down to the size of another plant. Or something, he just regrows. And so, yeah, that and was that's up- the end of the episode. And so, uh, I, I think we can do um, Getting Antsy, which is uh, number four, uh, the fourth episode. Yeah, number um, four. So th- this episode starts with um, a long night. Uh, after it's after a long, long night, long night of crime fighting, and Darkwing and Launchpad are tired. Well, Darkwing's tired. Launchpad is hungry. Oh, well, yeah. Launchpad's always hungry, though. Yeah, that's like a running gag in the show. Is that Launchpad is a glutton? He yeah, he always wants to eat at, at a hippo hamburger, hamburger hippo, hamburger hippo, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is which is I guess a McDonald's stand-in, but it's like a diner. Yeah, it's like a diner. It looks like a it looks like a hip like the game Hungry Hungry Hippo. And you, you sit on their on the teeth. And you sit on their teeth with the mouth open, and then uh, the diner part is actually in the mouth, like along the gums and in the throat of the hippo. Yeah, uh, it's really it, it's actually kind of a cool design. Uh, I was thinking, you know, that would actually be a pretty smart way to do like a like a theme diner if you're looking for something kind of kitschy. Uh, in like a hipstery neighborhood, and you want to build a hamburger stand or something. Make it like a hippo. <laughs> yeah, make it a hippo and charge forty dollars a burger. You could you could make that shit happen. Pretty uh, sure they have that in Silver Lake. Uh, yeah, Silver Lake. <laughs> um, why not? I, I I would eat it. Yeah. Um, so they stop at Hamburger Hippo, and 
Launchpad orders a bunch of shit. Darkwing gets like a soda, and they so Launchpad orders two cheese food product burgers, an order of fries, a hippo shake, an apple flavored pie substitute for six dollars and ninety two cents. And and then he doesn't want to spill any artificial ingredients on his lucky scarf, so he takes it off and sits it on the stool next to him. And I thought that that entire little <laughs> set of dialogue was fucking brilliant. Yeah, that was genius. Uh, <laughs> he basically ate no real food. Yeah, ate no real food. Yeah, no, that was awesome. I thought that was hilarious. I I, I was actually laughing out loud when I saw when I when I was watching that part. Yeah. Um, and so they he takes his stuff his stuff off, and Darkwing he's over it. Yeah, he's tired. He, he just orders a, he orders a coke and that's it. Yeah, yeah, he wants to go. He's done, but Launchpad is hungry. And so they they walk away after they finish and as they're walking away, the whole city behind them is like beginning to disappear and Darkwing is completely oblivious. Yeah. The master detective who leaves no uh, stone unturned and is not Whatever, he's like a super observant guy, or at least he's supposed to. You know, he's like a Batman-level detective, and he's just completely not seeing anything that's going on around him. Yeah, and, they and that's sh- the joke. And they show right off the bat the enemy. They don't tell what his name is yet, but but they say, uh, but he he looks like this buck-toothed, googly-eyed weirdo uh, who sounds like he's half Rip Torn and half Jerry Lewis. I, who played his voice? Because it was to- I don't know. I it tried was, to find it. It I was totally Rip Torn because he was like. He was like, oh, you little guys. Yeah, I, you know, it, it was really weird. I, I didn't know who it was, and I couldn't figure it out. I could have sworn it was Rip Torn, but I couldn't find the information online for it. So I just, you know, I couldn't find it. But I thought maybe you had found it. You no. didn't see anything? No, uh, we can find it later. It's not a big deal. But he's got these antennas on him, and he's controlling ants with his brain. He's so, essentially Ant-Man. Yeah, and they haven't told us anything other than that. So we don't know his name, nothing. And uh, so the daughter, uh, it cuts to uh, Goslin. Um, and they're back at home, and yeah, they're playing, finally sleeping. Yeah, playing golf on Darkwing's mouth while he's sleeping. So they, she knocks the ball into the into the room, and it bounces all around and lands yeah, on his mouth. Play it where it lies. Yeah. And she's playing with the neighbor kid named Honker. Um, Which, he's... Uh, his last name is Muddlefoot, and, yeah. and he lives next door, and there's these... This whole family named the Muddlefoots that we'll get into in another episode. Yeah. But he, uh, he never, he almost never speaks. And, uh, he has. And when he does, like, it's like, oh, in this episode, yeah, he hardly speaks. When he talks, just like this. He never Hello. speaks. It's he like, has yeah. maybe two or three lines max between this episode and the other one. Yeah. Well, what's funny is, so in, he's sleeping. Darkwing and Launchpad are both sleeping on the couch. But, Darkwing is in his Darkwing outfit. He's not Drake Mallard. He's still in his Darkwing suit. Well, no, he he. Well, sort of. He doesn't have his hat mask. on. He, right, he doesn't have his hat on, but he has the mask on and everything. And his else. and his and his shirt. Right. And so Goslin comes in with Honker, and he's like not hiding. It, that's the thing is I wrote down so Honker knows Darkwing's secret identity. He must because he lives next door and hears Darkwing sleeping on the couch, talking to her as if he's her dad. But dressed as Darkwing Duck. And the other thing about his secret his secret identity is that Launchpad doesn't get in costume. Launchpad doesn't have a costume. Launchpad no, so is, all you have to do is just fucking track Launchpad and McQuack and you can find Darkwing. <laughs> yeah, Launchpad, and he lives with Launchpad, or Launchpad lives with him. So he, like, it's, it's so, whatever. I'm, I'm, we're, I'm overanalyzing it at this point. I just, it's funny. Honker knows, or at least he should know who Darkwing is. And they want to go play golf because he yeah. promised her he promised goslin that she he would take her mini golfing to goofy golf 
Right, uh, Goonie Golf. Goonie Golf. Sorry, Goonie Golf. And and, and the he's like, no. Apparently works at the local mini golf place. And he's the one at the st- at the store, and Darkwing is still exhausted. He's like, "Fuck it, let's just play golf. I don't yeah. care. I want to sleep." And so there's this like scene in which you know Darkwing is suspicious, and uh, because he notices some buildings, he's like, look- "Wow, these are really intricate models." Yeah, and and so he falls asleep and rolls down a hill and discovers a shrunken um, hamburger stand, the hamburger hippo, the hamburger hippo. And he, he puts two and two together, and he's like, this looks like a job for... No, he finds... Uh, William Drake Speed. Yeah, I wrote that down. Um, what the fuck? He has a costume change gag. He jumps yeah, behind him. Co- he has a William Shakespeare costume cha- uh, change gag that probably completely fell flat on me as a nine-year-old. Yeah, I was like, as what? A, as an eight-year-old. But, but as an adult, I was like, got some clever shit right there. See, the re- <laughs> you, but the, um, you, you left out the part where the reason that he knows that it's actually Hamburger Hippo and not the model. Launchpad's, Launchpad's little is, mini scarf is, is there. On, is on the scene. That's where he goes, Launchpad scarf? That's not a model. Yeah, because Launchpad complained about not being able to find his scarf. So that's how yeah, he, he knew. And so he gets shrunk down to size. So the name of this villain, by the way, is Lilliput, which is genius. Because uh, Lilliputian and Gulliver's Travel is something that would be completely lost on the kid yeah. at the time. No, no kid is going to um, know what the hell what the hell a Lilliput what Lilliput is even referencing. It's right, but you know what's funny is so he he shrinks these he shrinks these things down, and the the whole idea that I thought even as an adult watching it just now. The thing that I thought is he shrunk this shit down for a golf course. It seems like so he, the the little helmet that he wears makes him lets him able to control and communicate with ants. Right. So he shrinks the buildings. The ants go and pick up the buildings, and they load them onto their truck and they bring them to the golf course. For and the I, golf course, but it turns out yeah no. So I I didn't know, but like just watching the episode as oh, it progresses, yeah, so as, as it progresses, you're it. like. So, and he talks about how his golf course is going to be super popular because he has all these, all these fucking well, he's shrinking buildings. the buildings with all the people inside. And that's what, course. that's what I thought. The first, so what's the point of shrinking the entire city to when, put into his golf course? When he first shrunk, so as, as, um, when the hamburger hippo disappears, Darkwing decides to like figure out what happened because he's looking around for it. He pulls out his magnifying glass and he's looking around. And, and like half behind, the city shrinks half the, yeah, him. you see the city disappear behind him. All I could think of is there's got to be like shit tons of people in those buildings, even though it's nighttime. There's still people in those buildings. It's like office buildings. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, and and so he's got a golf course filled with miniature people and miniature buildings. Yeah, and when, to attract the people who are now shrunk inside the building. And when Darkwing gets shrunk, which he does once yeah. he discovers that the that they're all actually shrunken buildings, the guy shrinks him. When he gets shrunk, he's running around, you know, bug sized. Yeah. And there's no one else that's running around bug sized. It's just him. It's just Darkwing. You know, he's trying to get Launchpad's attention. And he can't. And, and he can't. So he climbs on this golf it's, ball and gets hit away by Launchpad. And you know what it is? It's classic. If you've seen the movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, it's classic oh, it's Honey, totally, I Shrunk yeah. the Kids. Which because came out at this time. They were so small that they couldn't communicate. They tried to do that. They're like, hey, hey, Well, hey. If, if, if you think about the physics of your vocal cords and the way that yeah. the, the thickness of the vocal cords and how they vibrate and sound waves are produced, it would make sense that he, you might be able to hear it again because you're your ears and auditory senses, but at that small size, your the vibrations of your vocal cords might vibrate at a higher frequency than. Yeah, I'm getting too far down yeah. the physics, <laughs> le- but but thought- essentially, it it makes sense to me that his voice would be too high. Yeah. at that size in order f- for them to hear. So what I thought was funny is that 
is that this guy, this guy, this ant master guy is, he's a technical genius because he makes this helmet that he can communicate with ants with. And, and then, then he makes, he makes a shrink gun. So think about the, the, the science behind a shrink gun. You're essentially rearranging molecules. You you have control of mass. And so you therefore have control over time. You you are you are God. Basically. Well this but he's and this using fun, it to shrink buildings for a golf course. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a technical genius that has all this that has whatever, you know, he he has this great technology and he works at a golf course. Why isn't he at like MIT? This is the same thing that happened in um with uh, Baxter Stockman in Ninja Turtles where he's this technical genius but he's like working for slumlords like and shit like a homeless dude who works yeah. for slumlords what the fuck it makes things. it makes no sense this guy well whatever he he works well as a villain you find out that he's not shrinking the the buildings for his he's shrinking them to break into the bank the ants go and break the into the bra- bank because the ants have uh super have, strength well the, the ants for their size are very strong so if you just shrink the building then you just use big giant ants to just pull open the bank. Yeah. And then you would de-shrink the money. Which but he I does. I don't know where the fuck he's going to spend the money because he's just shrunken the whole city. Somewhere else, I guess. Uh, so, Amazon. Uh, <laughs> so so Dark, Darkwing ends up getting... Uh, he ends up getting well, the he attention. Well, he disguises himself with two bent coat hangers as yeah. his disguise, which does not work. At no, all. not at all. Um, and he eventually gets he eventually gets the attention of uh, of Launchpad and Goslin and Honker, and they go and confront this Ant Master Lilliput. Lilliput. They go and confront him, and the ants end up handing him the uh, the gun. And they have this fight between the, it's between Goslin and the honker and the ants that form like a fist and start doing all kinds of stuff. And then Launchpad's fighting the ants. And then Darkwing is trying to fight Lilliput in his little tiny shrunken form. And he like grabs his helmet and he's messing with the helmet. And, and it's not effective. No, it's and, not at all. And so Lilliput shoots the gun at him and shrinks him again down to the size of a germ or something. Well, he's, this thing is, I, like I said that I wrote down that he is, the, that Darkwing is super glib because he Lilliput says that he's going to shrink him out of existence. And he's like, Well, goodbye, Darkwing, and he goes and he shoots him. And I put the Darkwing is super glib about the fact that he's about to die. He he just he does that thing where he turns to the camera like Buster Keaton. He turns to the camera and he goes, Goodbye as he's <laughs> shrunk down into nothingness. <laughs> I, I, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, he gets shrunk down and he essentially decides to infect Lilliput as a, as a, uh, as a germ. And that immediately reminded me of Sword in the Stone. Yeah, I wrote down the same yeah. thing. I wrote down so, Sword in the Stone. So Sword in the Stone, Merlin shrinks down to the size of a germ in his battle with Madame Mim. Uh, and he goes in inside of her and gives her, uh, herpes. Oh, well, basically, yeah, it's like dragon herpes. And he gives her like a, clo- a cold or something. But in this show, he, he gives uh, Lilliput the, it, visually, the, the spots and the whole thing look just like, it, yeah, it, it probably looks just like the dragon herpes that Merlin gives back. Now that I, now that, now that I'm, now that we're talking about it, yeah, it's, it's gotta be the exact same thing. I think it was an homage, actually, to yeah. Sword in the Stone. And so, when they, when they, they grow Darkwing Duck again, they grow him, and two of these germs, that helped him infect Lilliput grow with him named Blob and Ray. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, they, and they kind of look like like boogery, uh, yeah. like uncooked cookie dough, uh, like uh, green booger flavored. It, it, well, it reminded me of uh, 
like the stinky cheese man uh yeah the uh, comic book yeah yeah so it kind of reminded me of that but they're kind of blobby and uncooked looking yeah and and what's funny is they the way that they get the way that they get Darkwing unshrunk is they wait for Lilliput to sneeze or cough or something. And then when he does, they they zap his like spit or snot, and that's Which where he could have been anything. It could have been could have been it could have, yeah. It could have been herpes, but they grew Darkwing. So yeah. that's the end of but this episode. Was, the last the last thing that happens is so Darkwing all sick. They, Darkwing goes, I didn't know I was contagious or something. Like he gets everyone else sick. Including, including the him, germs. Including himself. Yeah, himself and the other germs, and they all have the they all have like the thermometers in their mouth and the freaking uh, what you call it's the uh, the hot water bags yeah, on yeah, their the, head. The ice pack and water bags. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's episode four. You know, I think that's good for this this episode. Yeah. So uh, we still have two more that yeah, we can cover. So yeah, I think we might do that in another episode. Yeah. But overall, I mean, from from the first two episodes, these two episodes were still pretty good. Introduced it, uh, introduced a classic first, villain. The, the episode three and four, you mean? That's what I mean. Episode yeah. three and four were just, I feel like they were just as good as the first two episodes. Yeah, I actually kind of enjoy them more. Uh, the first two episodes, it was like, okay, I'm getting in the Darkwing mode. But I felt like episode three and four kind of really showed us where we are with the series. Yeah. Uh, like, this is his interaction with villains. This is what the villains are like. They're kind of slapsticky, but they're also kind of villainy. Uh, yeah, you and get... it's you... well written. And uh, I, so far, up until these episodes, I'm pretty happy still. Yeah. Uh, and I was enjoying the show at this point. Yeah. I, I don't know if Lilliput comes back, but I know Bushroot comes back oh, fairly sure. often. Uh, no, he definitely comes back. In fact, he comes back in episode five. Yeah, which is funny. Um, I gotta say that when I when we set out to do these, I thought this was going to be one of those rose-colored glasses episodes where, well, you know, I don't because I wasn't that big into Darkwing. I expected, well, like I, I like I remember it was cool and all, but and this is this show is way better than I remember it being. Yeah, and way that's always, better that's than always, I remember being. That's always nice to uh, to run into something that's like better than your recollection. You, you know, it, yeah, you it's go way back better. The, it is. the spark- music is good. The animation is good. The writing is clever and smart. And it, if your kid is sitting there watching Darkwing and you're the adult stuck there watching it with them, you're like. I'm cool with this. Yeah, I got no, I got no complaints here. Like, hey, so, you sure you don't want to watch Darkwing? It's pretty cool. No, yeah, Dad. I, no, Dad. I want to watch crappy TV. No, you're watching good TV. Too bad. So. That's it. Go to your room. I'll watch it for you. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. that's episode three and four, and uh, and I think we may have some more. So, yeah, yeah, we're, we'll do one more episode of this. One more, or one more podcast of. Uh, yeah, I think we'll of, do one more podcast of Darkwing because yeah. we have a few more episodes. To we've just been having too much fun talking about this because it's been it's been for for what we've watched so far. Besides Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles was great. The last two were just yeah. so bad. This is well, it's, it's actually really fun to talk about a good show. You know, we went Ninja. Turtles Turtles, which is totally a rose-colored glasses show, because uh, we both remembered it being awesome, and it was like it was okay, but it wasn't nearly as good as we remember. But it was still fun, yeah. And it wasn't bad. And then we went to Legend of Zelda, which we knew was going to be terrible, yeah. And My Little Pony was awful. If any of you watched it again, I, I'm sorry, awful. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. This this has been refreshing for us. Yeah. So we're gonna do one more. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah. So. Um, I guess until then, until until next time, uh, yeah. this has been Sean. And Chris. And this has been your childhood remastered, and we will see you next time.